We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Rams Soccer Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime tonight, Johnny Gomez, Magic Johnny Gomez, on a midweek podcast that we're trying to turn the page off last week's uh, and demoralizing Dallas loss. So we can kick it off right away and go, Johnny, how you doing, man? Oh, let's see. Positive, positive. Um, I woke up today. 
That's not really helpful. <laughs> that's it? Well, no. it's helpful. You're, we're glad you're alive, but that's it? Seriously? Uh, okay. Uh, I, I think I got something here. I think I got something. Uh, nope, got nothing. Sorry. The the Rams suck. <laughs> well, they're 8-6. and six. I wouldn't say they suck. I mean, I'm, tr- I'm trying to... 3-11. Okay. Let, let me be the voice of Twitter right now. Oh, the voice of Twitter. Twitter's a, a mob right now. We got a lot of angry Rams fans out there. You mean a mob squad? Eh? Eh? Oh, here we go. Oh, boy. <laughs> One of your favorite terms. So, all that said, folks, a little bit different of a show. It's been a really negative week in, in Rams Nation. It's been a really kind of hard to watch and see how people try to explain what happened down in Dallas. I think it's pretty easy to explain, but you know, you know, trying to understand it, trying to figure out what's next with Rams franchise. A lot of folks are... Really kind of down. Talked to Tommy this week. Make the show tonight. Tommy's ticked. Everybody's ticked. And I kind of want to step back. I didn't do an agenda tonight. I didn't do anything major. We have a preview with Matt Barr with 4th and Gold Podcast. He's going to be on a little bit later. Talk to 49ers. And it's a nice interview. Good preview. We're going to talk about the game ourselves here. But overall, we don't want to stick with the idea that let's just hit the team hard more and more and more. We know what's wrong. We saw it. Those old... Things that we thought may have been fixed, we find out aren't fixed. And I think a lot of it has to do with just time. Getting these guys more reps, get them in the weight room in the offseason, getting them growing, literally, physical power, strength. There's some changes to be made in the front the front seven on defensive line, linebacking core for next year, pass rushers. We're going to see a lot of changes. And it's just not, I think, productive for us to keep going and breaking down the same things over and over again. We did promise you a film study on Derek Goff that's coming soon, but... Right now, I just want to back up a little bit and breathe. Breathe. We're heading towards Christmas. There could be worse seasons. We're going to talk about those things. Before we do, I want to go ahead and remind you that we are available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Music. We have a contest going on where a person can get themselves a personalized Rams jersey. That's right. We up the ante. Once 200 five-star reviews, just what you do is go to Apple Music, do a... Review, five-star review. You need to fill it out. You got to write the whole thing out. Don't just click on five stars and walk, walk away. And you need to take a screenshot of you writing your review and send us an email over at ramstop1945gmail.com and there you go. They'll be entered in. Also, we have other podcasts on the network including Johnny's Butting Heads. We have Rams Uncensored. I mean, we have, we have a good lineup here. Good lineup. A bunch of different guys doing a bunch of different things and hopefully you enjoy at least one of our shows. All right, so Johnny... Well, you know what? Let's just do this one ad now. Let's talk about my bookie. All right, so Johnny, here's the thing. I mean, it's pretty obvious you're you're getting on the line and that you're on, on the show here, and you're you're a bit cranky. I don't blame you. I'm cranky too. I was a guest on um, IE Sports tonight, and it was supposed to be this, this prime time battle between us and our 49er person, and I just said, yeah, the Rams are gonna lose. <laughs> I said, you picked the wrong guy for the battle, man. They're going to lose. I mean, the Rams have the personnel to beat the 49ers. We know that. But the way they're playing right now in those key areas, front sevens, um, front seven defensively, and, and of course, in the the offensive line is just not there right now. What do you have to say that the Rams can take from this season to move forward? If I'm going to be positive, let, let's, let's put on positive Johnny right now. Okay. So... Well, let's see if we can find some kind of happy music to go in there. Like, something like that. Kind of like, you know, positive. Go. Uh, I, I think I might let Derek follow me around for the rest of my life and just do random sound effects. 
So there we go. We have a Derek soundboard now. You remember Rams Fest, the old man? Oh God! Can we can we let him drown in the pond again? <laughs> oh boy, that was fun. But go. Okay, so now that Derek has properly answered positive, Johnny, I have to say that the Rams have a really talented team still. They have the pieces, and I feel like they're a much better team than what we've seen uh, this past Sunday. And evidence of that is going back to the Seattle Seahawks when they had a pretty convincing victory over them, who, in my opinion, is a much better team than the Dallas Cowboys. That being said, uh, they do have the players that I feel could make a difference in this 49er team because... I'm just going to come out and say it. I'd say that the 49ers is one of the most overrated teams in the NFL. Evidence? Wow. The, I'm, I mean, honestly, let's let's be real. They lost to the Atlanta Falcons this past Sunday. Let, let that sink in for a second. The Atlanta Falcons have not been good at all in 2019. And, I mean, the, the Rams, they stomped the Atlanta Falcons and yeah, the 49ers couldn't beat them. So that's not the only reason. One of the reasons why I feel like this could be a victory if the Rams actually pull it together is because the defense did a really solid job. The first meeting against the San Francisco 49ers, what ended up happening there was the offense just kind of fell apart. And now I think is an appropriate time where I bring in negative Johnny. So, Derek, do you have a sound effect for me? Um, let's see here. Dun, 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 dun. That was awful. I, I, feel like, go. I felt like that was very whimsical. But anyway, <laughs> we'll take a whimsy approach, I guess, to negative Johnny. So, as far as negative Johnny is concerned... The offense completely sucked the first time against the uh, the San Francisco 49ers. And to tell you the truth, had the Rams at least made it close against the Dallas Cowboys, I might be a little bit more confident. But considering that they just completely disappeared against the Dallas Cowboys this past weekend, I don't know if I can be all that confident going up against the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I might find the 49ers to be a little bit overrated, but they are still a good team. I'm not going to say they suck, because that is not true. That would be me being, I guess, a biased fan, uh, which, yeah, I guess we all still are. But in, in, in that regard, I still think that if the Rams are able to pull things together, if they're able to establish the offensive line at all, which is a difficult task against the defense of the 49ers, this could be a very winnable game. Now, Derek, now that you've seen negative Johnny and positive Johnny, is there something you'd like to add? Is there too much negative in Johnny or is there too much positive in Johnny? Please enlighten us. I think you made a good attempt a good attempt to uh, show some positivity nice try golf clap 
little golf clap. I'm going to go with, I'm just looking after the season at this point. Okay, I think the Rams will go up to 49 Atlanta and get smashed this weekend. They're just, I would be stunned that if the, if the Rams went up there on a night game on national TV where they just seem to just always blow it these days, except for the Seahawks game, facing a 49ers team that really is playing for their seed and for the NFC West crown now, by the way. At home, they just lost at home last weekend. I think they're going to come in focused. They're getting some guys back. The Rams have a, a really tall hill to climb. And quite frankly, that Dallas game, it showed me a lot. You know, I've always said that we're going to see the, the true mentality of a team when they're put against the wall. And I think those of us who got, you know, were positive going the last weekend and the weekend before, and the weekend before, uh, who thought maybe the Rams would turn a corner, I think we thought too soon. Let's just be honest, this team is not... What's the right word? That's right. I know, I know DTR had a post out yesterday on Facebook, and I mean, on Facebook and Twitter, basically saying that the Rams let the Patriots beat them more than once this year. I don't think that's it. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think that the Rams came in this year unprepared to really defend their crown. Had nothing to do with Super Bowl. And then they came in thinking that it was just going to be a year where they stayed healthy, where um, they wouldn't have the adversity they had last year, they wouldn't face all those extra, you know, extra trials. And uh, they did face trials, and they were tested. And what we found out was that right now, I think this team's character is not a championship character team. I'm willing to put the line. I want to put the the roster of this Rams team up against any roster in the league, Johnny. I'll, I'll do it. And I'll say it ranks up there as among the most talented there is. But talent doesn't win you football games, at least against the top teams. You can go out there and beat up on the Cardinals of the world. You can go out there and you can beat up on the Bengals or whatever, but you're not going to beat up on the good teams. Dallas is, Dallas is a team that should have come in this game 11-2, and 10-3. They've underperformed as well. But they're at home. They have something to play for. And they show character by doing what they did. The Rams did not show character. And that's a couple times this season. I can go back to the Tampa Bay game. I can go back to the Pittsburgh game. I can go back to the Baltimore game. And now the Dallas game. They should have won all four of those games. The talent level, they should have won all four of those games. Yeah, I mean it. Baltimore even. Johnny, maybe you're raising your eyebrows right now, but I look at the skill position players. And and I had to talk to that guy from Seattle. So skill position, but I'm just saying... Your wide receivers, your corners, your, your speed guys, your the linebacking core, and what attributes they have, the Rams could have beat the Ravens. And so they laid down. So I don't see this as a a talent problem. I see it as a character problem. When you have character problems, where's your leadership at? Everybody wants to go beat up on Jared Goff. That's fine. You can beat up on Jared Goff a little bit. You know what? Sean McVay did not put Jared Goff in position to be successful last Sunday. Didn't put the offensive line to be in place to be successful. Did not put his running backs in place to be successful. Did not put his defense in position to be successful. With the way Phillips. He's with adjustments. I just want to say that. There's a leadership problem there. You ready for the positive, Derek, now? Let's hear it. I mean, is, is that at least a decent rant? It was... Uh... It was a very Derek-esque rant, I'll say. What do you mean, Derek-esque? It, it definitely sounded... 
Uh, folks, you if you've listened to our podcast more than once, Rams Talk Radio in particular, you know uh, a Derek S. Grant. Let us know if you feel like this was a Derek S. Grant. I, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> this is news to but, me. Uh, What's a Derek S. Grant? Like define uh, it. Basic. You you basically attack, and it's almost like you're inserting a knife and just kind of twisting it ever so slightly. And then at the very end, you like dump a gallon of lemon juice in the wound. <laughs> I've never heard any kind of explanation like that before. On yeah, okay. Well, it, it's, a, it's a Johnny uh, response, but the Johnny uh, response. Yeah, good. let's hear let's hear positive, Derek. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I, I'm I, I want to sit back and enjoy this moment. I don't know if I've ever heard positive Derek before. Oh, come on. Are you serious? Positive Derek? Folks, we have a nickname for uh, for Derek here. We call him Debbie Downer. No, so I just call him Debbie for... Oh, stop it. This is not 2016. It, it's Debbie. You're, you're basically Debbie. But oh, boy. Debbie, let, let's Dude, hear positive what are you Derek. talking about? The I'm first... Really in- the first fifteen minutes, or for what first ten minutes when you're talking, you're this is like you were everything negative. You're the guy. The Rams go eleven and five when they did go eleven and five in twenty seventeen. You talking about me being negative? You just destroyed the name negativity. Well, I mean, it's unexpected coming from me, but it's kind of expected <laughs> coming from you. But enough of that. I'm tired of seeing negative. Or I'm sorry. I'm tired of seeing Debbie. Let's see positive Derek. All right, so. We're seeing a lot of folks uh, get upset. A lot of people getting upset about the Rams trading away draft picks, trading away players like Marcus Peters, the salary cap situation being what it is. I've talked a little bit about it on our show. There are several things I don't think people really pay attention to when it comes to the Rams. I think the Rams did a really smart thing with some of the way they they did their, they did their uh, contracts. Okay, there are a lot of outs coming in the next two years. They'll allow them to get away from some of these things. They'll pay some money in dead money, depending on how long they hold on these guys. But they have outs coming up. Okay, that's first thing. Second thing, some of these veterans that have or have not worked out, they can be cut up to around $12 million of veteran money can be cut, and probably more if the Rams ever want to work on it. So they're scheduled to have $24 million in Tower Cat space right now. Estimates will show show that it could be higher than that, like around thirty. That add about twelve more. Then they have about forty two million in cap space, so they're going to have between thirty five and forty two, I think, right now in cap space. That sounds pretty familiar. That's close to what we had last season, last off season. How do they do that stuff? Because the Rams are actually pretty good at this thing. They've been good at the books for a long time. Okay, people are panicking about that. We don't have draft picks. We don't have this. Jalen Ramsey's your draft pick. It's going to cost you some money, but. Once he's settled here, that's your shutdown corner that you need to pair. Okay, we've seen some really good signs from him at times and some bad signs. He's not really fitting quite yet, but he will. There's some gaps there. The offensive line is developing. It's had a couple good weeks, a couple bad weeks, a couple bad weeks with this current roster, but that's going to happen. That you're now your first team offensive line. You got to develop these guys. That's the big mistake the Rams made in the preseason. Not, don't play young guys. Well, it's stupid. You need to play them. You own it, you move on. Got a lot of young guys in the core. But backing up, John, you notice I said 35 to 42, which means they probably had the money to keep at least one of the two between Dexter Fowler and Corey Littleton. I think they'll keep Corey Littleton. 
you might be able to pay a couple guys that you want to, you know, Jalen Ramsey probably get paid in there. It's not all is lost. And all of a sudden, around 2021 and 2022, there's more money coming because what's coming in 2021, Johnny? What's coming? Do you know? If I... If I'm reading you correctly, I'm assuming you are talking about John Johnson. Well, that is coming soon. So is Gerald Everett. But I'm talking about NFL wide. What's coming around in 2021? NFL wide. Ah, uh, got me. Oh, see, you just work too much, man. I've had too much time on my hands here in recovery. The CBA is coming up, guys, and the league's probably uh. adding, probably adding a 17th game. Well, there's where it's going right now. So we're going to see the salary cap bump. Quite a bit in 2021. We keep forgetting about that. So if we're worried about getting players, paying players, I'm not worried about it. The Rams are among the best teams in the league at working the cap. They have been for over a decade. Even when they were putting bad teams out there, they were still able to pay players. Jared Goff, you know, we're going to find out in this offseason who he is. You didn't go home and you're going to retool and reload and, re- and fix uh, the, the problems here, and I think the main problem is his, his internal clock is off. That's what I kind of noticed last week, and it's kind of like a, an epiphany. I just want to say epiphany. Did it work right? Epiphany. No? I, I feel like there should be an echo back there. <laughs> yeah. But go back and watch Dallas film, look at where he's throwing, and you're going to realize real quick, you know what? Jared Goff's clock is off. What I mean is there are times when he's under pressure, and it's like, it's not quite there yet. And he's throwing the ball. And he's rushing. You'll see that when he bounces a pass, especially when he bounces those short passes in there, a lot of times there's nobody even there yet. So his internal clock is off. And that's a little scary. David Carr, sound familiar? That's something to watch, but it's fixable. You know how it's fixable? Let's rewind back to the offensive line. So everything we're seeing, all these problems, all these issues on the field, they're fixable. Here's your concern, Johnny. Bringing together the negative and the positive. The coaching staff. Does Sean McVay grow or not? It sounds weird for me to say that, but he's a mature guy, right? We think he is. He's not afraid to take responsibility. He is intelligent. He's got a memory that can recall anything. The guy can... He's he's fantastic in a lot of ways. However, he's also a young coach. This is his first real struggles. To me, Johnny, he's got to grow. He's got to grow, and he's got to lead. And I'm not so sure he's led this year. It's on him. It's on his coaching staff now. It's not on, on the players, of course. The players are the ones in the field who have to make the plays. They have to execute, and they didn't execute last game. But on an overall scope, that's your leader. Are you going to go back and be the we, not me? Trust the process, all those platitudes? Or are we just going to be a team that bickers and infights and pouts and complains and lays down when things go bad? How do you think it goes? I say it goes we go about... Suing the referees because it's always the ref's fault. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we should be at that point. Is that sarcasm? No. <laughs> no? I mean, I thought it was a good route. It works for the Saints. <laughs> you know, I just I just look at it and go, the, the Rams, they have to grow. And, you know, I, I think of Cleveland. You were, you're a little bit younger. But Bill Belichick was hired in the early 90s as the Cleveland Browns head coach. It took him a while. That team turned around. I mentioned it to Johnny before. You go back and listen to our Frank Stamps interview. Later on, Frank Stamps tells us how much the locker room hated Belichick and how many problems were going on in the locker room with that team. Still went to a playoffs. Eventually, though, he, he loses his job and moves on and coaches New England. 
Belichick goes from there to becoming known as one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. So my concern, Johnny, is we're going to go turn on this guy, beat him down, he's going to get fired one of these days, and then go to some other franchise and lead them to the promised land. Instead of sticking by him, kind of like the Steelers did with Bill Cowher, and let him make some mistakes and grow and foster that growth, and eventually you get your Super Bowl champion. Do I make sense here? Am I bringing this all together to where I hope we're going? Come together right, right now. now. Hope Aerosmith doesn't <laughs> sue us. But, I mean, does that make sense? It does. You know, you're you're right about a lot of things, and I, I feel like it in a lot of ways, not, not just with our fan base, with a lot of fan bases, it's always the sky's falling, and it's never you know, looking on the brighter side. And uh, and I think this is kind of the testament of what we're trying to say here is while things haven't exactly worked out to what, you know, the organization was hoping it would, there's still a lot of room for growth here. And hopefully if they continue in terms of the wheeling and dealing and trying to, you know, work the cap the way it is and just believing in the coaching staff this is still a very good team at the end of the day there might be some departures not might there will be some departures along the way just because that's that's football you know unfortunately every nfl team cannot keep every single one of their talented players you see it every year with the top teams you see it every year with the new england patriots they always lose their their top players um, you know, some they're able to keep, but there's always a, a good amount of them that go. And I think that's the concern here is just wanting to keep every single player. And that's just not realistic, unfortunately, especially as these younger guys are, you know, becoming these, uh, you know, pro bowlers. And unfortunately, they'll find another team. And I'm probably looking at Dante Fowler here. But, but um, yeah, a couple of these guys are gone. Huh? A couple of these guys are gone. Oh yeah, there's no, there's no question. It's, it's not what we want to happen. It's not what the Rams want to happen. But it's reality, and it every every franchise goes through it. And it's it's in a way, it's a good thing because it shows that the Rams have an eye for talent, and they just got to keep keep moving forward and looking more for that talent. And if we're lucky enough, we'll find a good replacement soon for some of these guys that are departing. And I think someone's already there. I think we've seen signs from Okoronkwo and Troy Reader in some areas. Some of these guys are just developing. David Long. There are guys who can come in there and make some plays. Now, how soon they're ready and how soon they can step in, we'll see. I'm more worried about the defensive line. We're about the offensive line. I'm serious. I'm worried about those two places. I think they'll be fine everywhere else. To me, the defensive line has underperformed throughout the entire three years of Wade Phillips being in the defensive coordinator. That's a problem for me. The defensive line has not provided Aaron Donald the support he needs to really... Imagine how good Aaron Donald would be if there were actual role threats next to him. You can get triple teamed and quadruple teamed. There really hasn't been. Michael Brockers, to me has been disappointing 
overall in his career. Solid player, don't get me wrong. First round pick, though, who should have been more than he has been. And he never developed into that. That's a bummer to me. But, you know, there's, there is talent out there. And there will be veterans who want to come play in L.A. And there will be opportunities to get guys in here on the cheap that other teams won't have. Okay, So to me, reloading next year is not this horrible thing that people are making it out to be. The problem has to be, you got a culture issue right now. And don't they can't tell me they don't have a culture issue because you've been showing it. The Baltimore game, the Dallas game, you've got a culture issue there right now. you got players who stop playing. And they don't, don't tell me they didn't stop playing. They did. We all saw it. We saw it in Pittsburgh, too. They stopped playing that first half. I just, you know, I look at it and go, fix the things going on above the players, and then it's going to come down. It's kind of the, the Jocko Willink effect. You know, ownership. Taking ownership, meaning not just saying, yeah, it's my fault, because McVay's really good at that. He'll say it's his fault. He had to fix it. Well, they haven't fixed it all season. Maybe you don't have the personnel fixer that you want to fix. But you can do better than you're doing. It's more than just saying, hey, it's my fault. It's saying it's my fault and then fixing it. And that's what I want to see from them. To kind of jump on the defense with, uh, with personnel here, you have to give a big shout-out to Les Need and how he's drafted, especially this past year. You know, whether or not any of these guys will pan out to be something great, that's still up for debate. You know, this is still like only their rookie years. So, uh, but every uh, a good majority of the draft picks have been pretty outstanding. I'll say, you know, these are guys that have stepped into roles that I didn't really see that coming, with the exception of maybe Taylor Rapp. I think we all kind of expected him to step into a larger role than most people outside of the Rams uh, organization really saw, you know, Taylor Rapp has been at least one of the better draft picks in the draft, in my opinion, uh, at least where he was drafted at anyway, looking at the offensive linemen that they drafted, Bobby Evans, David Edwards, these guys have stepped up in a huge way, uh, essentially learning on the job, you know, this isn't exactly how Sean McVay kind of wanted to, you know, ease them into, you know, larger roles. But yeah, here they are starting. And while last week was not a good in- indicator of their talent, there were times that they have shined. You know, uh, you got to give it up to them when they went up against the Bears, you know, contained Khalil Mack. That was that was a big one. And while they may not have been the same Chicago's bear defense that we've seen last season, you know, that's still impressive. You know, they are no slouches. So all in all, you gotta you gotta be psyched for considering that this year the Rams didn't even have a first round draft pick. And they've they've stepped up, you know? So hopefully the trend can continue here. Uh, you know, going back, you know, two years ago, no boom. You know, this is a guy that the Rams have high expectations for. And before he got injured, he did an adequate job, I would say. It, it's hard to really get a feel of what this guy is going to contribute. But 
if he's able to pick up where he left off and then grow with guys like David Edwards and Bobby Evans, this could be a, a up-and-coming offensive line. Now, that's a big if, and we're not sure if that's going to actually come into fruition, but it's a good feeling nonetheless. What are your, what are your thoughts, Debbie? I just don't actually disagree with you. Wow. <laughs> I have a, believe it or not, I have a very positive outlook on the Rams for in the future. I really do. I think you're going to have, with a young coach like that growing years, my, my encouragement is that fans need to stand behind Sean McVay, you know, voice their opinions, voice their concerns, keep pushing this organization, hold them accountable for good and bad decisions, but you don't want to see him leave and go somewhere else and win, right? You need to be the Steelers and be patient because they got their Super Bowls out of it. That's what I'm trying to say. They have the structure in place to win a title. And I believe they will win a title. And I believe they'll do it in the next 10 years. I really do. You're going to have your bumps in the road. No season's the same. Everyone's different. Fix your culture. That's all I say. Fix culture. I'm just, uh, forgive me for being so silent and stunned here because... I guys, I, I'm I I don't know. I, I just this is like a side of Derek that I'm not used to seeing or hearing rather, but still. Uh oh man. Derek, are you in there? Is I'm here. I'm I'm mean, just are, listen, this is these this is not the same St. Louis Rams from before. This is not the twenty sixteen Los Angeles Rams. It's not. Wow. I, Whoa, I just look at this one. there. Even look, between two thousand six and two thousand sixteen only one eight and eighteen. That was two thousand six. Okay, two thousand seven, two thousand sixteen. Seven wins or less. Sometimes one or two wins. Even in his worst year, Sean McVay is still outperforming Jeff Fisher, Scott Linehan, Steve Spagnuolo, and whoever ever else was in their coaching for that staff from two thousand six on. Yeah, we're going to get upset about it. No, help this guy get better. What I want the Rams to do. Is go out there and reevaluate this their quarterback coach, get him an offensive coordinator, and let Sean McVay be the head coach, period. Go out there and, and get Gruden. Jay Gruden. He's on the market now. Perfect combo right there for offensive coordinator. And just let Sean McVay be the head coach. Defensive coordinator. I don't know how much longer Wade has in him. But I'll start getting that in mind. And then clean up some things. Is they have more money than people think they do. They really do. These guys are actually good. This out. I mean, there's no reason, in my view, that this team can't come back next year stronger, learning from the problems of this year. And I'll take the problems of this year over 2016 any day. Think we're having debates over Case Keenum getting benched for Jared Goff in 2016. We had a podcast celebrating Jeff Fisher's firing. Remember this? It was a glorious day. It was a glorious day. I just want to point that out. It's just, you know, this is not the end of the world, but the fan base shouldn't just settle in, well, this is, this is okay. No, no. You, you win championships in L.A. You know, when, if, you're, if you're not competing for championships in L.A., especially if you're not established like the Lakers or Dodgers, you're in trouble. I'm an Angels fan, I know. No one talks about the Angels. Unless you're making fun of them. Are you talking about the Quakes? See what I mean? (laughs) 
No one wants to talk about UCLA right now. USC's a joke. Uh, I'm sorry. There, we don't want to talk about UCLA. Stab right there. It's not meant to be. I'm just saying, this is LA. You have to be competing for something to matter. Unless you, you the Lakers get away with it because they're the Lakers. Well, history of winning, so. Yeah, I mean, you get some capital in there. And speaking of winning, uh, you know, they're only like one of the best teams in the NBA right now. Just saying. I'm just saying. Anyways, I, after all that, let's go ahead and bring on Matt Barr. Um, nice little pre-interview preview of the 49ers. Good guy. We'll have him back for the tour on the league. Really enjoy the interview with him. Check it out. Here's Matt Barr with 4th and Gold Podcast. All right, folks, I'm here with Matt Barr from the 4th and Gold Podcast and also with the 49ers Hub and 49ers Web Zone. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Derek. Thank you so much for having me on. Anytime I get a chance to come in and run my suck about some football, I'm happy, man. Well, you should be. 11-3, and three, a great season. You went the loss last weekend, making some believers of many people across the league. How are you feeling about this 49ers team this year? Uh, you know, I, I predicted early in the season, um, before before anything got going, we, we did our prediction for the season, right? Uh, Javi and I on the 4th and Gold podcast, and I had them somewhere between 9-7, and 10-6 and six fighting for a wild card. So to have them sitting here 11-3, and three, you know, two games left on the schedule, they could be as good as 13-3. and three. It's not something I saw coming. Uh, I think we've seen a lot of really big jumps in development from some of their young players. And uh, guys like Emmanuel Mosley have played really well. Kelly Witherspoon have played very well. And, and Nick Bosa, D4, they were exactly what the defense needed on the line to get the pass rush going. And Fred Warner has developed into exactly what they thought Reuben Foster was going to be when they drafted him a couple of years ago in the first round. Fred Warner has been incredible. On the offensive side of the ball, you're looking at George Kittle has kept the ball rolling after his fantastic fantastic 2018 campaign uh you know obviously they get jimmy garoppolo back at quarterback uh, and then you see guys like raheem mostert the running back kind of coming out of nowhere the trade for Emmanuel sanders they've really done a lot of things to put this in motion and i think that the 49ers have put together a nice core of players that, that are led by vested veterans joe staley richard sherman deforest buckner eric armstead and and they're getting the job done almost on a weekly basis. It, it, it's it's a lot of fun to watch, man. This is the most fun I've had watching 49ers football since since Jim Harbaugh was around. So this, this, is, this is a fun season. Uh, so it's amazing you're even calling that fun, the way it ended out there with Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, the way it yeah. ended was obviously not great. But but three consecutive uh, NFC Championship games and one trip to the Super Bowl, you can't really complain too much. The one thing I noticed about the 49ers, I noticed it a year ago, and I had been warning my guys, saying, listen, they are building themselves to actually beat the Rams. The Rams... Uh, you know, they've had a weakness up front for a while. It just took teams a while to figure that out. And the 49ers do is basically a stockpile pass rushers and aggression in that front seven. And it worked out wonderfully first time. How has that pass rush worked throughout the year with, with Bosa and the entire crew out there? Yeah, so Nick Bosa, he's every bit of the number two overall pick. Um, you know, a lot of people... They start, to, they start to doubt themselves as you go through the draft process because it's so long between once you start to see these guys, you start to scout them, then you get in the combine, and then you do their pro days and stuff. And it had been such a long time since we'd seen Bosa actually on the field uh, because he sat out due to injury. And I think a lot of people were, were unsure of what they were going to get. And what they got was the best player in the draft. 
I think, easily, hands down. Look, Kyler Murray's having a pretty good season in the desert, but he's not having anywhere close to the season and the impact that Bose is having on this 49ers team. Like I said, you got guys like Buckner and Armstead up the middle that have been very, very good this year. Don't get me wrong, very good. But Bosa is, is what's really running that D-line for them. Um, and, yeah, you're absolutely right. They, they, t- they took one look at the Rams. And, you know, McVay used to work for Kyle Shanahan. He kind of has a good idea of what he, what to expect. And they've really built themselves to beat the Rams. And, and they know that the way to beat him is to get pressure on Jared Goff and force him to make quick decisions. Because when Jared Goff has time, he can beat any team in the league. I absolutely believe it. I think he's an incredible arm talent. I think he can do everything when given time, but when he's pressured, I think he's a completely different quarterback. Um, you know, they, they built themselves up the middle to stop the run, to stop Gurley, to stop these play action rollouts, to, to just really do their best to beat the Rams. Cause I think that's what they thought was going to be the best team in the West this year. I really do. I don't think the 49ers knew how good they were going to be. They had an idea that they were going to be able to put it together. They've had the ball bounce their way a couple of times this year and they haven't really beaten themselves too much. If you look at their margin of victory, or excuse me, margin of loss this year, three losses by 13 points, and including six points that came on an, a last play lateral fumble that was taken for a touchdown. Yeah. So really, three losses by seven points. So they haven't done too many things to really beat themselves this year, and I think that's where they've been. So, that's why they've been so successful. And towards the end of last year, I started hearing a lot of you know buzz about Kyle Shanahan and some fo- some fans being upset with him, you know wanting to get rid of him already. It's just a lot of impatience going across you know for our rivals over there in Fortnerland. I'm guessing everything's settled now. They realize what you know they've been building up there in San Francisco. <laughs> You'd think that, but man, I'll tell you what the the 49ers fan base is such a fickle group of people. They just lost to the Falcons, right? In a game that, yeah, you want to win it, but it's not like it's not super inconse- it's not super consequential. They still locked up a playoff spot, and folks think that the the sky is falling. They think that some of the coaching decisions that Kyle Shanahan has made over the season have cost them games and, and have made games closer than they need to be. And, and there's still not a lot of people that totally believe in them. Um, now, obviously, you don't hear this when they go hang 52 points on the Panthers. Mm-hmm. You don't hear this when they when they when they smoke teams on the road but once once the team starts to lose a little bit a lot of the naysayers come back out of the woodwork and say see this is what we're talking about all along so actually he doesn't have full support of the fan base and it's mind-boggling to me it really is i i I can't understand how you're not behind shanahan's offense and, and what he's building and how he has this team playing i don't i don't understand it but there's a lot of fans that are pretty upset with him i think it's amazing hearing you say that because it's the same down here you know with the rams Sean McVay gets him to a playoff berth. NFC West held two NFC West titles, gets to a Super Bowl. They take a little step back this year. There's problems in areas, but he's 33 years old, learning the game. And I got people acting like he's like, the worst coach in history. <laughs> Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, NFL fans, there's such a finicky bunch across the across the board. And it's, it's, it's very much a what have you done for me lately league. And, and if you look at it, the 49ers have lost three of their last six. So they went from 8-0 to 11-3. and So all of a sudden, what have you done for me lately? Well, you've been a 500 football coach lately in San Francisco. Uh, Sean McVay, perfect example. I mean, like you said, Super Bowl last year. This year, they're having a little bit of, uh, of a rough stretch. They're, they're having some injuries that have held them back a little bit. Um, they're getting a little bit older. They don't have the draft picks to restock. And everyone's just ready to move on. I don't, I don't understand it. I, it. A little patience in the NFL will go a long way. 
Well, yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams go against each other. I'm looking at the Rams and 49ers thinking, you know, the chess match that goes on between two coaches who know each other well in Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. We've seen that for a couple years now. It was it was only a matter of time before Shanahan and the 49ers got going. It was only a matter of time. and Even in last year's games, the score looks one way. The game was not what the score indicated. That last game of the year... Kittle gave us all kinds of problems. You could see the building blocks in place. And then, of course, you guys come down to L.A. early this year and just smash the Rams. The chess game between these two coaches the next four or five years is going to be fun watching it, these it, guys go at it. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. I mean, these are two of the best offensive minds in football. Um, I think Shanahan's got a little bit of a leg up than McVay does. Um, like I said, I believe in McVay. I just think that... His plan A is very, 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 very good. I think he kind of struggles to get to a plan B. Um, I think Shanahan does that a little bit better. Um, but I think Sean McVay's plan A is generally better than Kyle Shanahan's. So it's a, it's a you know a little give and take there. I think Sean McVay's game plan out the gate is better, but I think Shanahan makes better adjustments. Uh, in you know, you're absolutely right. It's just a matter of time before these two are going to be going at it on a routine basis twice a year for what should be the foreseeable future. Now, whether the teams remain patient and let these guys do their thing, yet to be seen. Um, I know Shanahan has a has another three years on his contract after this, and I did say that fans were a little upset with him, but there would be a riot in Santa Clara if if Shanahan was fired for whatever reason, anytime soon. I, I assume the same would be in L.A. for, for McVeigh. Yeah, the, the fans are common sense. <laughs> the, the fans yeah. are common sense. <laughs> they wouldn't be too happy. Now, the matchup this weekend, Saturday night, you guys are coming off a tough loss. Well, first, how'd that loss even happen? kind of blew my mind. Um, it just kind of... Poof. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's like I was, telling, I was talking about it on the 4th and Gold podcast last night. It's a comedy of errors. So it's a combination of they're banged up on the defensive lines. They're missing some of their best guys. Um, you know, D Ford's not playing. And then some of the very key reserves, Ronald Blair's done for the year. DJ Jones done for the year. Um, Solomon Thomas hasn't lived up to his, his draft billing at all. Um, and he actually had one of his best games of the year, but it, it, he wasn't, that's not saying much. If that was one of his best games of the year, that's not saying much. Um, they were banged up. They were missing three fifths. They're starting secondary on offense, you know, um, uh, Western Richburg goes down, so they're moving in new center. They kind of had a rough day on the offensive line. The receivers couldn't catch the ball. It seemed like Kyle Shanahan's offense was very vanilla. And I think the reason he did this is because they play Seattle Week 17. Dan Quinn Seattle run very similar defenses. I don't think Shanahan wanted to put a ton of tape out there for Pete Carroll to study with the new personnel he has, but now the guys are healthy again. Um, I think he was prepared to go out there and just – Barely win the game. Not, and I know it's to me. It seemed like they played not to lose. They played a little uptight. They played a little stiff. Um, and I was there, so the the fan base even expected a blowout. So the, the stadium never got loud. It never got rocking. It never got to the point where they were fully behind the team because everybody was just waiting for the big play to happen. Everybody's waiting for the eighty-five yard touchdown, the Kittle. They were waiting for you know a big play by Debo Samuel, and they never came. And the crowd really never got into it. So, like I said, comedy of errors. They dropped that one. I'm okay with it. The 49ers still control their own destiny. If they win out, they're the first overall seed in the NFC. But, yeah, it's just it's just one of those games. Every team, it seems like, drops a dumb one. Look, the Saints lost to the Falcons, right? Um, we've seen the Seahawks kind of lay a stinker almost in week one against the Bengals. Um, yeah. Teams just 
they have bad games from time to time, and this was just one of them for the 49ers. So how do you expect the 49ers to come out this weekend? God, I hope better. <laughs> um, no, I really think they will. I think this was a kind of a slap in the face to them and a little bit of a wake-up call. Um, team hadn't dropped a dumb one yet. They hadn't had a, a game that was just where they just got absolutely beat like they did on, on Sunday. Um, and they didn't even really get beat that bad. If you look at the numbers and, and, and you look at how the team played up until that final drive of the Falcons, and even then, I mean, they came within an inch and a half of, of winning that game. You know, Julio Jones' touchdown was originally called short. It, that's how that's how close it was. Um, I think they're going to come out with a little bit more fire, and I think they're going to come out jacked up and ready to go because it is a division game. It is Saturday night. It's under the lights. A lot of these guys is going to feel like college football all over again. Um, I think they're going to come out ready on on, on Saturday. And yeah, no, right, we have no idea what's going to come out. It's going to be Jekyll and Hyde for the Rams. That's how it's been. Yeah. So yeah, um, uh, we've seen a little bit of that from the 49ers this year too. So I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, but the difference is, you guys are eleven three. We're eight and six, and you know miracles have to happen for a playoff breakdown. You know, like the sky must fall, like biblical times. Yeah. for this to happen. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to feed into the 49ers' motivation a little bit. They know they can just close out the Rams. They know they can come out. If they beat the Rams, it's over. It's done. The Rams aren't in the playoffs. The The NFC West champion has been dethroned, and they can feel like they're one of the top dogs. So I think that's going to be a little bit of extra motivation for them. Now, your offense right now has been evolving. It was just basically, I mean, honestly, I felt it was a one-dimensional offense for the early part of the year, and now we're seeing Jimmy Garoppolo really becoming his own. How has that, that evolution happened for this offense? Well, I think it's happened slowly, and I think the reason it's happened so slowly is because Garoppolo was coming off the ACL injury, and, and, and through the preseason, especially that first outing he had where he, he just looked terrible against the Broncos, and everybody, everybody thought, you know, chicken little sky is falling, end of the world. Um, and then a couple first couple weeks, again, he looked a little uncomfortable. He looked a little unsure of himself, looked a little unsure of his knee. He didn't move in the pocket very well. He didn't scramble to make plays. As he's learned to trust his knee better and trust his wide receivers, because the 49ers have seen a massive shift in the wide receivers, too. The beginning of the year, your number one was Marquise Goodwin. Your number two was Dante Pettis, and it was everybody else. Dante Pettis was just put on IR. Dante, or excuse me, Marquise Goodwin was put on IR. Dante Pettis doesn't see the field anymore. Now their top three receivers are Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, and, and Kendrick Bourne. Now, obviously, the one consistent has been George Kittle, right? That's the 49ers offense. It's their bread and butter. That's who they're looking to go to. That's who they're looking to move the ball through. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday against Falcons had 34 passes. 17 of them, half of them, were aimed at George Kittle. That's an absolute banana land number. You'd never see a tight end getting 50% of the the passes headed his way. Um, But they've had to move from... The running game, like you were saying, very one-dimensional early on in the year. Because teams have just sold out to stop the run. Started in the Cardinals game on Halloween night. You know, you saw that the Cardinals were just like, all right, cool. Eight in the box. Jimmy beat us. And Jimmy goes out there and beats him. And I think you've seen every team since then kind of just try and load the box and try and change the way the 49ers move the ball down the field. Now, they've had success on the run in multiple games i think you saw games like the packers game they were able to run the ball pretty well even though jimmy put up some pretty gaudy numbers in that one mm-hmm. um you're looking at uh, the saints game they were able to run the ball and they do this because of how many different formations shanahan comes out in you don't you never know who's gonna get the ball 
from what formation, what kind of motion you're going to see, and, and what kind of pre-snap reads Jimmy's going to be able to make. Um, but you're absolutely right. Jimmy has started to come into his own, and he's starting to look like he's earning that contract the 49ers gave him. Defensively, what are you seeing going against the Rams offense this weekend? Man, I see them trying to do their best to get pressure on Jared Goff. Because like I said, I think it's, you said Jekyll and Hyde for the Rams team overall. I think that's a perfect way to describe Jared Goff. Um, are you going to get Jared or are you going to get Goff? If you're getting Jared, you're getting a stud. If you're getting Goff, it's just, uh So, you know, I think they're going to do their best to get pressure on him. That's what we saw in the first matchup. They just consistently got pressure on him, couldn't let their offense get going. Uh, the first drive that the Rams drove right down the field and scored on, I don't believe they passed the ball once. I think they just straight up ran the ball and were like, okay, we're going to try and control the clock and beat you with the run. And then the 49ers adjusted a little bit, and they said, okay, now we're going to start sending pressure, some run blitzes that can also get home as, as, as pass blitzes. Um, I expect to see a lot of Fred Warner blitzing. Fred Warner's had some pretty good success blitzing straight up the middle through the A-gap. And like I said, with the injuries that are starting to stack up on the D-line, they can't just rely on rushing four and dropping seven anymore. They're going to have to find ways to bring additional pressure. Um, and I, I see guys like Marcel Harris, who's stepping in for Jaquaski Tard, who is supposedly going to miss this game as well. Marcel Harris, Fred Warner, I think you'll see maybe some K1 Williams coming from the nickel spot. But I expect to see them to try and dial up pressure and really get to Jared Goff this weekend, keep him uncomfortable, and, and, and keep them playing behind the sticks. The 49ers defense excels once once teams get into second, you know, second and long, third and long. That's where they're at their best, which as most defenses are. So what's your X factor for this game then? The X factor for me is is Nick Bosa. It's can he be that guy? Um, against the Falcons, he did have a sack, uh, but it seemed like sometimes he was they were just content to let him just run straight up the field and let Matt Ryan step up into the pocket and, and find an empty spot and throw the ball. Um, I think he's going to have to find ways to not just get pushed so far up the field that he's out of the game. Um, you know, you're going to see interior pressure from Armstead. You're going to see it from Buckner. But the edge pressure, not letting Jerry Goff get out of the pocket and, and get some time and get comfortable and extend plays is really going to be the difference. And I think Nick Bosa is going to be the X factor. I think he ends this game with two sacks and he comes away just looking like he might be back in the defensive player of the year conversation. All right. Well, can you let folks know where they can find you on social media, where they can find your work? And, and I'm glad you came on, by the way, man. Yeah, hey man, thanks for having me. Like I said, I love getting on and talking football, dude. Um, hey, look, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Bar underscore two T's, two R's, and then an underscore. Uh, you can find me on the Fourth and Gold podcast. We're available on every podcast platform: Apple, iTunes, uh, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. Uh, you can find my written work at Forty Nineers Hub. Uh, Derek, again, thank you so much for having me, man. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. All right, Johnny, go on, make your pick. So, if we want to be positive and say that the Rams are going to win, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to be Debbie here. I I really don't think that the Rams can go into San Francisco with the way they played against the Dallas Cowboys and win. It just, it, it doesn't, I, I can't see it. And I sincerely hope they prove me wrong. I really do. But I I got to stay consistent with what I said on Butting Heads. Shameless plug. 
watch, uh, give butting heads a listen if you haven't already. I, I'm going to say that the Rams end up losing this game in a heartbreaking 23 to 14 loss. I got 27 14, so we're close. 27 14. Well, there you, so, you have it. Double. Yeah, I wish we had a better, a better view than that. I really do, but that's just not the end of the game. You know, it's they're not a good place right now, and that's just how it's going to have to be for now. Let's see how they do in the off season. Let's hope they can finish the year strong with a win over the Cardinals as well, and you know, get a winning season out of it. That's something to look forward to for next year. Uh, all right, so our sponsor, I cannot continue without shouting out Jim Hawk, his book Hall of Team. Grit, Glamour, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. This book tells the story of the 1950s Rams who lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some story of his father and the team he played for, an air of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You can read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hurst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hallwasteam.com and on Twitter at hallwasteam. It's also both on hardback, electronic form, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Folks, it's also available this Friday in paperback. So if you're one of the, the people who must have the paperback instead of the online, you want to be different. It's there. It's available in various different booksellers on the internet. It's for a great cause, homeboy industries. Just trust and check it out. Always seeing great glamour. And the 19th of these Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. All right, we're looking for sponsors for next year. You can reach out to us at ramsalt1945 at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We've made a kit ready to get out to you. Oh, and we're part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Make sure you check them out at bigheadsmedia.com. Any closing thoughts, dude? Uh, just hoping that we're both proven wrong. It's happened before. So let's let's hope that uh, it happens again. And by the way, I've been wrong a lot this year. I thought the Rams were going to be much better team than they were. I thought a lot of things, and I've been wrong a lot. I'm okay being wrong for this this time around as well. I think it'll be a uh, it'll be a nice, pleasant surprise to beat the 49ers in yard travels. And if not, it'll be one more thing for us to gripe about heading into Cardinal Week. So let's see. And my, my last thought on that as well is make sure you watch this offensive line. That's the key thing. We're starting his own on needs for next year. Start paying attention to how the offensive line performs, defensive line performs, who you think should come back next year. And what we'd really appreciate you doing, folks, is for our post-game podcast on Sunday night, sorry, Saturday night, make sure to uh, let us know what your thoughts are and who you're looking at to maybe be drafted by the Rams or be someone you want to pick up affordably in free agency. All right, so let's know. Let's start looking ahead. All right, so it's time to go. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me, DC Apollo, at Twitter, DC Apollo. And, of course, Johnny, Magic Johnny, Johnny 5, not 6. Don't forget us on Apple Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all those places. So for the entire team here at Rams Talk, this is Derek C. Apollo saying take it easy. We're out of here.
can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.